I think I was really nervous because all of a sudden I was like, quote unquote, in the system. And I wasn't sure that that made me a good athlete because I had experienced in my eyes, like more success outside of the system. And so then going into this year, I had a lot of, I think, anxiety about that, that I could only go fast or be the best version of myself existing kind of in this Saratoga vacuum outside the system, like doing personalized things. Welcome to The Other Three Years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic-sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Other Three Years. This is a fun episode because it is part two of my conversation with my coach, Eric Catalano, who I call Kat. And we sat down on our return from the world championships. And in part one, which was aired last week, I asked him questions and he answered them. And in part two, he asks me some questions and I answer them, but he still shares some wisdom because he's a coach and that's what he loves to do. So there's a lot of fun tidbits in there. And I I think we got some really good intel about coming back from the world championships, the goals that lie ahead and, and how it's been for me being back. Can't wait for you guys all to hear it. Kat's a fan favorite. So he's, he's back for another week. But before we get into that, I'm going to share an update on what is currently going on in my training. So I'm back in Saratoga and I'm now like more back into training, but still I'd say not 100% sort of closer to like 80, 90%. Then I think next week will be a hundred percent. I'm, I'm being hilarious about this, but the percentages people really liked, they, a lot of people talk to me about it. So last week was a good week, like a good week of training, definitely feeling more like myself in training, had some really, really good workouts, like was a little nervous to do an actual workout, but I did it and it was okay. And been doing some bike commuting, which is really fun riding my bike over to the boathouse in the morning. And it's funny because it takes kind of the same amount of time it used to take me to drive to the boathouse, but life is so much better on a bike. You're just out enjoying the air and the wind and the scenery and the morning. It's a nice warm up. Yeah, it's been really fun. Some of my teammates rode their bikes to Vermont and then raced at the Green Mountain Head this weekend, which shout out to them. That is an epic weekend. A little jealous. I didn't get to do that. Sounds super fun. And they crushed it, the bike ride and the race. I instead went home to Boston and celebrated my mom's birthday, which was super, super fun. She's iconic and amazing. And it was really nice that some of our family and some of our friends, just a small get together. I was just really happy to be able to celebrate her because she is so special and so important to so many people. And we all deserve to be celebrated, but especially my mom. (laughs) And I got to see a few friends and one of my cousins on Sunday. So it was really a good weekend. And then today is Monday and we did our triathlon again this morning. It was fun. The water was like amazing. Couldn't be better. And then the run was fun. The bike ride was fun. It was all 
10 out of 10 morning. This weekend, I am racing at this new race. They had it last year. It's called like the 1886 Regatta. It's in Tuxedo Park, New York. And it's eight scholars, eight men and eight women. And it's dual style racing in this park, in this community. And it's like knockout round. So kind of like Henley, you win in advance and there's a cash prize. Um, It's just really cool that different people are doing stuff like this. It's making rowing more spectator friendly. There's also kind of a big cocktail party after it. So it's just supposed to be fun and a cool experience. I'm definitely still like getting back into training and the thought of lining up at a start line is a little intimidating. I'm not going to lie, but I am trying to just stay in myself about it. And like, obviously I'll race hard, but I'm just going to have fun and get to see some friends, get to hang out. Rowing is supposed to be fun. Racing is supposed to be fun. And this is not the Olympic final. So I think making it into more than it needs to be is not going to help me, you know, reach my end goals. And then it's like, October fall is here and then we have another week and then or then two more weeks and then it's the head of the Charles which the head of the Charles is like rowing Christmas in October it's a race that doesn't really matter except this year there's a $10,000 cash prize for the singles everyone cares so much about it and everyone is there and it's like so fun to see all your friends and so fun to be there but it's just so silly, but it's, it's fun. I love the Charles. I mean, everyone loves the Charles and this year I'm racing in the single and then we're racing in a scholars eight of national team scholars on Sunday in the champion, which will be both hilarious and super fun. I'm not sure the last time any of us swept, but you know, we're going to come out guns blazing like we do. And just excited to see, yeah, all my friends and hang out. So I'm excited to crush October. I think we're all going to crush October. It's a good month to crush. I just feel that way. I don't know why. So yeah, that's what's going on in my training. And that's how I feel about October. And now it is time for my episode part two of my interview with Kat post worlds. So let me know what you think and yeah, enjoy it. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, I didn't know I was going to be oh, given I'm the sorry. floor. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your first takeaway from living solo? Oh, yes. So I live, I don't know if I saw on the podcast oh, either. Sorry. I, well, sorry. no, I think I did. I think I said that oh, I moved sorry. into a new apartment. So I live by myself now, which. Kat told me that I would like, and he was right. I do (laughs) like it. I only have a mild fear that a serial killer is going to come and murder me, but Uh, I had that before as well. So you you also listen to a lot of like murder podcasts and read read a lot of murder books. So you're not helping yourself. I know, and I actually almost watched like a true crime TV show before bed the other day, and was like maybe something lighter. No, it's it is actually really nice and I wasn't sure because this is kind of a weird year it being the Olympic year and moving into a new place like I could there is a resident resident residence housing um like within the Orion team and I 
thought about maybe living there or trying to find a roommate or something, but I'm very fortunate to be like in a financial situation where I could get my own place. And I just thought for my mental health <laughs> and and also to be a good teammate and a good, you know, yeah. coworker and friend and all those things, like having my own space I thought would be really important. So, and I think it has been so far and it's nice. It's like kind of weird, but I think it's good. Yeah. Because I talk a lot. So <laughs> I think it's good for me to be quiet sometimes. Yeah. So I uh, I don't talk a lot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but pre-Orion, I used to take the month of November and December and just like go to Belize or Costa Rica and just hang out there for like two months. And I don't speak Spanish. Uh, but I one time was down there and realized like I haven't talked to anyone in like weeks i was like that's strange that is strange but, yeah so if you've made it through a day good job <laughs> i made it through like three hours <laughs> not including sleep what do you uh what do you do i know you've always said you like to have a little bit of separation from rowing like what what do you feel like now are are some of the things now that you've kind of come home uh that you can do to get that little bit of separation yeah, so that's something that I definitely am going to need to be careful about because I think now that I am have more time, like, in fact, today, just today, I said that I would coach the mods. <laughs> I need to be careful about, like, not overloading myself and not just being at the boathouse all the time. So I think just cooking dinner or seeing friends or, you know, making time for family and stuff. It's so easy to get caught up in... I have to train, I have to be in Saratoga on the weekends. I have, you know, like I want to do well at the head of the Charles. So like I need to do this. But I also think that having some time to see friends, see family, do other things is really important. And so I think um, just taking the time like now in the fall when we can before everything gets crazy is is really important. How are you thinking about the head of the Charles as a big race and a fun race, but you're also trying to take some time off and like ease your way back in? How are you balancing this? Like, I want to have a great race there, but at the same time, I want to you know, take the necessary recovery time beforehand. It's a good question. I think that I just have this weird feeling that everything is going to work out, <laughs> which I think I've said before. Like, I don't know why, but I have this feeling. Uh, so no, let me let me backtrack. I think that this year. So bef let me backtrack even more. Bring it all the way back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so before the Olymp, before 2021, I was very much out. This is kind of what I was preluding to earlier, but I was very much outside the system. I was not a national team athlete. I was not a training center athlete. I was a Orion high performance club athlete. And I did cat's training plan. I did a lot of things that we thought would make me a good rower and would make me fast and all this stuff. And it worked like I went pretty fast. And then I was in a boat with Jevy and we worked, you know, with Greg, who's her dad. And we, again, did very personalized things of like, this is what's going to make us fast. So then we went to the Olympics and had some, you know, highs, some lows, whatever. And then coming into the new Olympic cycle, like 
last year, I don't I don't think was a failure, but I wouldn't consider it like full of a ton of successes for me personally. I don't think that I failed. I just don't think that I did as well as I could have done. And I think I was really nervous because all of a sudden I was like, quote unquote, in the system. And I wasn't sure that that made me a good athlete mm -hmm. because I had experienced in my eyes like more success outside of the system. And so then going into this year, I had a lot of, I think, anxiety about that, mm -hmm. that I could only go fast or be the best version of myself existing kind of in this Saratoga vacuum outside the system, like doing personalized things. But I feel like I PR'd on my 2K this year. I didn't go as fast in the single as I wanted to go, but I went pretty fast in different doubles combinations. Like I didn't go as fast in the quad as I wanted to go, but we had good experience and good results. And overall, I think it was a successful year. So that gives me more confidence in I'm doing the right things. And I'm, and if I just keep listening to the right people, like that's good. And that doesn't mean that I can just sit back and relax. Of course not. Like you have to keep working really, really hard. It's really, really hard to make. I think that's another thing that people don't realize. Like nothing is a given. And just because you made a team does not mean you're going to make the next one. Yeah. And yeah, of course you want to have confidence, but you don't want to be cocky. You don't want to have too much confidence. So I think it's a balance of those things. Now I think I have to ask you, what was the question? Am I nervous for Head of the Charles? <laughs> <laughs> so I realize that the goal is to go fast at the Olympics. And Head of the Charles threw us a curveball, putting a $10,000 cash prize on the men's and women's single, which is amazing and so great for the sport. And I'm super excited about it. And because of it, all the scholars are going to be there racing in the single, which means we're also going to row an eight in the champ eight on Sunday, which is so fun and a really cool thing that I don't think has been done by like the U.S. team before. So I'm really excited about that. So do I want to win $10,000? Yes. I think if you asked anybody racing in the champ single, do you yeah. want to win $10,000? They would say yes. Do I want to win $10,000 more and sacrifice being in a good headspace going into the really important time of year and the really important training? No. Yeah. And maybe there are athletes racing at the head of the Charles where that answer is not the same. Do I still think I can beat those people? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, the thing is about this sport, like I have to be confident in myself. Everyone has to be confident in themselves. And, yeah. you know, Yossi said, don't say you're going to try to win the head of the Charles. Like, don't try. Actually do it. And like, you know, yeah. I agree. But am I going to, was I going to come back from Worlds and not take a break and do head of the Charles specific training? Like, be in Boston every day? No, because I want to be here. Like, I love Boston, but I want to be here in Saratoga. I want to be with my team. I want to be with you. I want to be at work. I want to take time off, you know. Those yeah. are my priorities. Yeah. What's some of the differences with like being on Team USA and having that team versus like having a team of Orion athletes? Well, I do think that because 
the national team structure has shifted and we go to so many camps. So I probably spent more time in 2023 with a lot of my national team teammates than I did with some of my Orion teammates. Definitely some of the new people. Yeah. (laughs) And so for me, it felt much more like a team this year than it has in the past, which was really nice because I think especially in 2021, like because of COVID, we were so separate. Like I didn't even know the boys' names. I don't know some of the girls' names. Like I don't know. We were literally on the Olympic team together and I didn't know them. And of course I wanted them to do well, but the camaraderie wasn't really there. And now I feel like I know a lot of people. I've spent a lot of time with them and I've seen them work really hard like i think that's how you sort of build this like trust with people is going through the really tough workouts and the hard times and all that stuff which is i've done with my orion teammates and that's why i have like so much respect and so much admiration and that's why i believe like in all of them because i've seen them you know these like amazing moments and now i have that from a lot of my national team teammates yeah so I feel lucky I get to have so many teammates. But of course, I still love Orion. And I think it's kind of fun that we can have like sort of these rivalries between clubs. Like, I think yeah. it's kind of a fun thing. And I think it's good for the sport. And, you know, I'm obviously going to like root for my team. But yeah, I think we can be friends too. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit of a different dynamic. And I'm not saying uh, better or worse, but it's like a, a little different dynamic when the U.S. team like is made up of a bunch of different boats t- competing in different categories. So it's very easy to like, you know, line up the women's four and the women's quad and for everyone to be excited about just the speed mm-hmm. relative versus like at home at Orion, like everybody's rowing the single. And yeah. so that's one of the things that makes it a, that little bit challenging where we're saying like, it's hard, you have to like almost lose sight of the fact that you're competing against each other and try and compete against the time, which that was one thing that I really liked uh, working with the US team is like, everybody was out there competing against the time because you weren't actually competing against each other. So you could be like super pumped when, when the boat that is next to you uh, went, you know, 98% or something, you'd be super pumped about that. And, you know, it had nothing to do with whether or not, you know, they were faster than you or not. Like you could still be super pumped about them. So, yeah. so it's interesting to think about how can we carry that into a scenario whereby we are all doing competing in the same event. Yeah. And something that we talked about the other day was like, you should never root for someone else's failure. Like someone else's failure does not give you success. Right. And that's, I think, a thing. And I don't think it's like a malicious thing, but I think it's so easy to fall into, say you didn't make a boat that you wanted to make to then root for their success. When in reality, you should be rooting or sorry to root for their failure because right. in reality, you should be rooting for their success. Like, you yeah. should want them to be the fastest boat that ever existed because right. you didn't make it. But, like, it's so easy to then think, oh, well, then I want them to do badly. But, yeah. like, that's not productive. Right. Like, or right. for you or for them. 
And I think that's kind of also what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. Having like tons of really competitive type A people in one space yeah. is a challenge. It It is. It is. You have to yeah. manage all of it. I just have to be one of those challenging people. <laughs> you do a great job. Thank no. you. I try. At being challenging. At being no. challenging. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that is one of the more challenging things about, you know, coaching a program like this is like, I expect that you guys will all be, you know, that kind of type A ambitious and, and it comes out of everyone a little bit differently. Um, but really trying to, uh, trying to recognize it and then also recognize that when it comes out of people differently, make sure that it's not against each other. It's like that everybody is, you know, still trying to achieve what they, what they want to achieve, but you know, how they, how they express their, you know, excitement, how they express their frustration, uh, you know, and they're all the kind of people who are going to, who are going to let it out. Uh, And so managing that I think is, is tricky. And my, my, I guess my other uh, catism is we're we're all just trying to live. (laughs) We're all just trying to live. We are. are. Any funny stories you want to close with? Uh, Anything you want to make fun of me for? Oh, I can't think of anything. I know. I don't feel like I've done that many embarrassing no, things no, recently. Not really. Yeah. No, we went we went for a bike ride uh, yesterday, and uh, our friend Ashley didn't really hit a cat, but kind of almost ran over a cat. She did. She almost hit a cat. Well, she did hit it. Yeah. She tapped but it. Just it. like tapped it. Yeah. 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 That was pretty. That was pretty weird. And and we. W- drove like rode our bikes through like a colonial fair and christy and christy was like this is my dream this is all i want to do is be part of this colonial fair yeah fun fact about me i love the colonial things (laughs) when i was a child i went to sewing school and i made myself a colonial woman dress (laughs) and then i wore it to easter It was so cool. It had pleats and like a petticoat. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I love colonial things. I wish that I could just be like, so the thing is, I don't want to like work at a colonial fair or something. I want to like live the life, live the life. And that's what I feel like they were doing yesterday. Yeah. They were just living the colonial life. Although as like a woman, I wouldn't have been allowed to do anything. So Except make your dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and churn butter. That yeah. was the other thing I loved doing, churning butter. <laughs> Joe and I used to like shake uh, cream uh-huh. to try to make butter, you know, in like a little cream packet. Cool. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. Did you have fun? Yes. So thanks for listening. I hope that everyone really enjoyed this episode. I know that I always like get so much from talking to Kat. And I hope that everyone kind of got a lot out of it as well and can use some of his tidbits in your everyday life, just like I do all the time. And before I leave you, I'm just going to share a quote of the week. It's from Dennis Kimbrough. And he said, life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. See you next time. I'd love to hear from you. 
So send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.